here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Tune in and cry it out with me, DJ Susie. The countdown will begin this Sunday afternoon at 1, right here on the radio station you grew up with. Music Radio 138. Oh, f- Not gonna do it. First the fat boys break up. Now every day I wake up. Somebody got a problem with hope. What the hell's going on? Yes, I'm getting all fed up because I got a little cheddar and my wreck is moving out the store. Isn't it the last hour? We got another hour to do? Jeez, I thought we were almost finished. Good golly, Miss Molly. Ain't no Not gonna do it. Ponderous, man. Ponderous. Not gonna do it. Ponderous. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's go start again. I'm coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man. It's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a... Not gonna do it. ...up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. This is a god last goddamn time. I want somebody who uses not gonna do it. brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that, that's up tempo, and I got to talk about a wouldn't be prudent dog dying. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia, and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> seventy-five. Uh, Ain't no love in the heart of the city. Ain't no love in the heart of town. <laughs> Thank you.
weird <laughs> from the Winslow T broadcast booth in warming up it's supposed to be 91 today Bushwick Brooklyn I'm John Reed you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and this is race to the bottom baby some man I'm gonna turn into Casey Kasem there because the the board who, who's ever running my board? Is Don on the phone? Right? Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know. I'm all discombobulated now, but I'm drinking. My opening monologue is sponsored by Winslow Tea. You know what? Gosh darn it. Get Don on the phone. We got to do this. Yeah, we got to... We... Uh, but, Bring it back. Bring back the record, Pon Selecta. That's cool when people do a Jamaican accent, do some of that uh, cultural appropriation. Getting like Chet Hanks up in here. Here we go. Watch this. Out in the street, they call it From the Winslow T broadcast booth in steadily warming Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Remix. That's how we do it. My opening monologue, as always, is brought to you by Winslow T. I'm drinking it right now. I think my guest is as well. Here we go. Oh, that's good. That's scrumptious. And that'll get you back on point. Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know and steep into the conversation. You can hit hit us up on the Discord, on the on the <laughs> nailed it. Thank you. You can text me like the freaking deacon just did. You can uh, hit me up on socials, um, on um, Elon Musk's Twitter. Right? He he's he's still gonna he's still gonna do it. He's gonna he's just give him a, give him a second. The the guy got knocked down. He's gonna get back up, and is, he's just a great dude. Um, and and you are a great dude or dudette. Is that condescending? Can, is it like actor nowadays where you just uh, – actor, actress? You, we don't use actress anymore. Just everyone's an actor and everyone's a dude. No dudettes. I'm not sure. But I am sure it was in that mashup. Mashup 103. And like I said, maybe maybe I invoked the uh, 
the spirit of of the flailing Casey Kasem, which uh, was the anchor Anchorage Anchorage Alaska of that mashup. Um, yeah, Casey Kasem. You you uh, you young you young whippersnappers don't remember Casey Kasem, but if if you wanted a countdown back in the day, you know. Now you got a uh, BuzzFeed doing your your top <laughs> top fourteen reasons why uh, this is going to be a hot girl summer. But Casey Kasem used to count things down. But man, behind the scenes, he uh, he was a different man and saying saying things off mic that you can't really say on radio. Uh, saying the the seven uh, dirty words. Just w- started watching the uh, George Carlin documentary last night uh, on HBO. Um, it's good. I watched the first two hours. Uh, interesting. I, I have a lot of thoughts on the on the George Carlin thing, which um, I'm sure we'll we'll unpack. We'll do some some unpacking, but 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 not right now because I got to tell you what else was in the mashup, man. We heard from another Saturday Night Live impression, and and before I go any further, um, I know people are hurting right now. People heard about who's leaving Saturday Night Live. the The big announcement came. Pete Davidson. Um, Aidy Bryant, and uh, there's one other person. Um, and and I know my guest probably is Facebook friends with all of them. She's Facebook friends with like every 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 comedian. We'll talk about that. My guest is is going to be Dr. Lisa, and we'll we'll talk to her in a, a little bit. But uh, R.I.P. to to all those people who passed away from. Saturday Night Live. And that we, we heard Dana Carvey. You remember him. And we talked about impressions that aren't really like the person. And, and I'd say that, not gonna do it. I don't think uh, George H.W. Bush ever really said that. It reminds me, speaking of impressions that people do that the person never actually said... You remember the movie uh, Super Size Me? Um, I watched that with with uh, my buddy, friend of the show, Jake Frankel, host of Slumber Party um, on Asheville FM. We watched that back in the day, and there's this scene. I gotta drag this out and put it in the mashup, where Morgan Spurlock goes to... Uh, goes to a school um and and they're talking about healthy eating and who's the who's the keynote speaker at this school talking about healthy eating but none other than jared from subway who turned out to be uh, just a stellar individual but i mean you could t- already tell he was a great guy but you know he's up there talking about how he lost all his weight from subway and then they interview Morgan Spurlock, always the journalist, interviews this 
overweight middle schooler, and she says, according to Jake and I, I'd love to, I'd love to lose weight, but I can't afford Subway. But then I went back. This is kind of like the Mandela effect that we talked about. I went back and watched that clip. She doesn't actually say I can't afford Subway, but Jake and I sure did do that impression a lot of times. I don't know where it comes from. But I do know why I played Little Lamb Dragonfly by Wings, uh, the section that I did, because it's the good section of that song, and it's been stuck in my head. And the rest of the... It's one of those McCartney songs where he kind of jumps all around. He liked those medleys. He, he did it on the uh, second half of Abbey Road to perfection. And then some songs it's like, all right, Paul, you sure these two parts of these songs go together in, the, in this one? Speaking of the Beatles... Have you heard the story that Frank Sinatra always said that something, uh, the, 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 that song, something in the way she moves, right? Was his favorite Lennon and McCartney song? Which, A, is funny because George Harrison wrote it. But B, can you imagine? I can't even imagine. Frank Sinatra even listening to that song, let alone liking it. Hey. I don't know. And then the fat boys break up. And now every day I wake up, somebody's got a problem with Hove. What up? Y'all all fed up because I got a little cheddar and my record's moving out the store? That's what we heard from Jay-Z referencing the fat boys two weeks in a row. Uh, the fat boys have made it into the mashup. Thanks to uh, Jay Clarkson, who insisted that I start putting fat boys in. I don't know why, but I'm doing it, Jay. And what's the upshot of, of that? You like when people say, what's the upshot? I don't really. <laughs> the upshot is, is uh, we're talking about materialism. And um, I've really kind of learned what, um, like, Marx was talking about with materialism, because I'm listening to the Revolutions podcast, which I've talked about before, and I'm, I'm on the season about Russia. And uh, this guy, Dan, Dan Carlin, no, that's the hardcore history guy, Mike Duncan. I think he really he really helped me understand how the the means of production according to Marx defines everything the way that we extract materials from the earth and then and then use tools to make make these things from the earth um, products that we can use to live upon that is the primary um, activity of, of human beings. It's what separates us. And then the, and then the way that we do that, um, and the way that we use our profit or our surplus 
dictates everything uh, uh, as far as our governmental structure and then can lead to good things like culture, music, and baseball. <laughs> you like how I did that transition? Um, so, quick baseball uh, update. I, uh, for loyal listeners, I finished my baseball season. I was a baseball coach for the first time this year. Coached my middle schoolers to a, a astounding record of zero wins, five losses. Um, it was a travesty. Um, but we learned a lot. And then on the other hand, well, uh, uh, check up on the Mets... Our uh, Mad Max, our, our star pitcher who's still not injured, is now injured. Mets were playing uh, in Colorado this weekend. And uh, listener Tim was supposed to go to the show today. And that was actually listener Tim Bauer's uh, music in the background we were just listening to, believe it or not. And uh, But it's snowing. He Tim said it's dumping snow in Colorado. So probably the whole season will be, uh, or no, season, the whole series this weekend will be uh, postponed. And one more baseball uh, tidbit. New Yorker writer um, and used to edit the, be the fiction editor, Roger, Roger Angel, my favorite baseball writer, passed away yesterday at a, uh, 101 years old, Roger Angel was. Uh, if you want to read some good baseball writing, or just good writing in general, um, check out Roger. 101 years old. Taken from us too soon. <laughs> no, he was, he was the best. Um, and then we ended the mashup with... Uh, uh, George W. Bush doing his comedy routine from this week. A lot of people shared this. He uh, talked about a Freudian slip. He was talking about uh, Putin, uh, how one man can illegally invade another country like Iraq, he said. He slipped and said he was talking about himself. Oh, George. But but he's he he's playing paying no consequences. He's just hanging out at Club Ned, right? It's Club Ned, right? That place you go. And and uh, what's the upshot of that? <laughs> um, besides his great comedy routine, there's nothing more sub, uh, dismissive than when somebody's trying to be funny. Say, say they're doing a comedy routine. Says, oh, I'm, I'm 75, as an excuse. L- listen, George W. Dr. Dad, my dad, your doctor, is 75, right, Dr. Dad? Are you 70? You said older than that. And uh, he's, not, he's not saying, uh, he's not Freudian slipping all over the place. If people want to, um, if people want to chime in on a topic today, I'm going to put one on the table. I thought about this this week. Top ten people who we thought would save us from uh, Donald Trump. 
and uh, I some somehow we got so twisted at some point in in this past few years that we thought George W. Bush would save us from. Don- We're like, when when is is Bush gonna come out and and say something about what's happening? Right? Is he in the top ten? I'd say uh, John Stewart would probably. People thought John Stewart might save us from Trump, right? People thought Obama, I'd put Obama on the list. Who else? Hit me up, um, steep into the conversation with that. Okay? Okay. All right, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today. Coming all the way from down the street, um, one of our uh, breakout stars uh, in, the, in the race to the bottom pantheon. Um, I'm excited to finally have you in studio after, uh, after all this time. Um, we talked to her on, on the phone a, f- a few, uh, a couple months ago. Dr. Lisa, how's it going? Oh my God. I am so happy to be here. And I, that whole, like all that stuff you just put out there into the air is like, I feel like I got transported and then like packed with all this information and thinking. <laughs> and now I'm just like trying to overwhelm. I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm trying to land. Okay. I want to listen to the podcast. I didn't know that about uh, the Saturday Night Live people. I want mm-hmm. to, and like just Robert Mueller. I think it's Robert oh, yeah. Mueller. Yeah. Robert Mueller's a huge disappointment. Like when he yeah. got, I'm, I've been thinking about this. Like when he, when we finally saw him talk, no one's talking about this, but Robert Mueller, and it's not his fault. I don't blame him personally, mm-hmm. but that that whole thing when he when he's when he got on TV blew it he totally blew it that's well, my opinion what do yeah, you think yeah Robert uh, and and then some people called him Robert Mueller maybe he was pissed off that some people said Mueller instead of Mueller and then he had uh, uh de Niro playing him everybody was excited They're going back to Saturday Night Live oh, oh uh, yeah you remember that yeah vaguely vaguely yeah vaguely. I think I think Mueller's definitely on on the list and um, I, it's it was really disappointing when we saw him live I don't know what happened there well he's a he's a Republican who plays by the rules and he basically he gave a non-answer right but but the problem I mean when what what I find most disturbing is that when he act, when you actually saw him speak, he was like, um, you know, like he should he shouldn't be in he shouldn't she he shouldn't have a job he should be like somewhere <laughs> out out to pasture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he had no I mean that was sad that was sad he had no authority he undermined everything and I'm not blaming him I'm saying mm-hmm. this is the circumstances I think uh, we got catfished by him. He looked. He was a good-looking older older man, as but as long as he kept his mouth shut, and then he uh, and then he opened it, and we were like, uh, you know, he's like one of those fashion models. Yeah, yeah, that acts like they should never act. 
But then also, Dr. Lisa, all the, the, the other thing is the whole Russia thing was a hoax, right? Oh, well, there is that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... I, I'm yeah, I know you're kidding. Uh, uh, probably some of my I, my yeah, listeners we, are, uh, yeah. are are like, yeah, fine, get, talk about that, John, yeah. it's a hoax. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it's like, we. it's dangerous to be joking. Yeah. What about Felix Sater? Remember oh, that name? Uh, I do remember that name, but I can't remember the the story behind it. Yeah, who cares? It's uh, not that it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but that is an excellent question. Uh, who was supposed to save us from yeah. Trump? Yeah. So so far, we we have uh, Mueller, Obama, John Stewart, uh, W. Bush. Maybe some people thought Bernie would. Yeah, I thought about Bernie when you said that. Um. So, so people can um, hit us up uh, in the in the chat with, with or, or, or text me or social media me. Add to our list. We'll get our definitive top ten maybe by the end of the show. Oh, um, I'm curious. So that's that's fun to get. It's good to throw something out I there to get the, the the the, uh, the listeners. I'm learning. Involved. You know, I'm learning how to improve my own show from this, John. I don't think that's possible. Oh, I think it's very possible. <laughs> Speaking of your show, I, I listened. Um, I don't think I got to talk to you about uh, you had Christian Finnegan on your show a yeah. little while ago. Yeah. Do you know him or do you know who yeah. he is? I, um, do you so, know him personally? I've talked to him a couple times. Yeah. Uh, so for the for the listener, Christian Finnegan and his wife run QED in yeah. Astoria. Cambry Cruz, a lovely, talented, brilliant. Cambry Cambry is. I don't know. I uh, there's Cambry is like a what every human, woman. yeah, and just like, yeah. So, I can't even. So if you if you're in the New York area and you want to go uh, see some good comedy, uh, um, especially if you're in the Queens area, uh, uh, QED. My wife and I used to go there all the time, and we really haven't made it back since the pandemic. Uh, but we gotta hit hit that up. There, it's. I have to say, it is literally. Well, Time Out New York said it was the best comedy club, and uh, I, I mean, it's an amazing. Pl- we we saw Al Franken there. Mm. But Al but, Franken you know, was going to save I, us. Can I like plug? I wasn't going to plug this, but since you brought it up, I really like have to plug this now. This is why I brought it up. Okay, it is why you brought it yeah. up about because you have a show. You have a show coming. Yeah, you brought it up because of that. Thank Liz- you, John. You have no idea how grateful I am for that because you're doing a show, um, and I have it in my calendar. I'm going to try to make it if really? I can. Really, I would love you to come. It's. It's the when is it? It's, it's the, uh, June 9th. So here's the thing. Um, so I'm so glad I got to plug this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do it in a in a in a in an efficient way. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I used to do the show. I haven't done the show like reg- I used to do it do it regularly every month, uh, and I haven't done it in like ten years. And uh, whatever city reliquary, uh-huh. they invited me. I was like yes. And I, so it's called Stand Up, Lie Down, and I'm going to have two comedians. One is Christian Finnegan, like it's amazing that he agreed to do it. And the other is Shaq Stanley, who's hilarious, uh, up and comer. And then there's going to be one visual artist, Tara Lewis, who just opened a gallery show at Mizell where, where Brooke Shields, 
Brooke Shields contacted this artist and said, will you do portraits of me and my daughters, painted portraits? Wow. So she's going to do a presentation of her work, and the comedians are all going to do stand-up, and then right after they do their set, they're going to do, like, therapy, and I am go- they're going to be... I'm going to parse their what they talk about and, and their vibe and try to really get into who they are nice. based on their work. Nice. And people would know Christian Finnegan. If you if you Google him, you and if you like watch uh, stand up comedy, you'd you'd remember him. He also used to be on um, the VH one uh channel a lot yeah back in the yeah day. yeah um i'm gonna i'm gonna blank because i have to think of it and now i can't i can't uh, best, best week ever best week ever best week ever yeah. he, he's also been a uh, regular on sitcoms he's on yeah. um a game show now i can't i'm not gonna get any of this details but he's like kind of like when i tell other comics that he's gonna be on like yeah. people get blown away and i'm yeah. like i mean i couldn't believe he agreed I mean, it was very sweet. He's just a... I can't say enough good things about that guy. You you listened to the show... Um, yeah. Uh, uh, ...where we talked about his special. Yeah, because he... So, the with this place, QED... Um, they it's 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 a space where it's they have comedy but then they also have like it's a bookstore and they have and it's like a workspace and uh, we used to go there all the time yeah, and then the and then the pandemic happened and then they were like what the hell do we do and uh they they moved into the to that space during the pandemic yeah. and uh and he they were like just Riding the, they were sleeping, and and this is part of the special and what Christian and I talked about on his show. I had him on just because I was blown away by his special and the creativity and the thought, uh-huh. and the, the quality of it. Uh, it was amazing, original, and um, they they actually slept on the stage. I know that stage. Yeah, yeah. It's called Show Your Work. That's his special. It's phenomenal. There's no other special that comes close and uh a lot of it it was filmed it's kind of a documentary special but the stand-up part is all filmed in their uh backyard where they would do comedy during the pandemic and it's on um it's on amazon prime is yeah and it's on everything you there's a lot of places you can get it on youtube you can get it anywhere yeah show your work by christian finnegan you can find it anywhere and i i can't recommend it enough and uh and it's got him like cleaning the toilets and stuff, and and yeah, it's it's inter- and he I guess he shot it during the pandemic. The, the pandemic. Yeah, and he had a great director, Victor Varnado, and a great editor whose name's blanking. But I mean, it's a real it's it's more than a special. It's really kind of like a work, you know. It's a work of art. I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. I remember um, uh, you you all talking about it, and and I put it on my list, but sometimes. I think, Dr. Lisa, the problem is that we put things on our list, but we don't have an actual list. Yeah, like I just put four things on my list from your monologue this morning. Now, I think, I think I'm going to watch a George Carlin special. That's mm-hmm. definitely going to happen. But like the other things, I'm not yeah. so sure. But yeah. I got one that I'm definitely doing. 
Well, this Revolutions podcast, Dr. Lisa, yeah. I moved. Uh, we, we moved apartments. Um, I don't know uh. if I ever told you about this, but you, you'd be interested in this. I had, we, so I, we live in Long Island City, and we had this neighbor uh, for during, to talk about things during the pandemic. We moved into this new apartment, and the pandemic happened, and then we realized that we had an insane neighbor who blasted uh, like electronic dance music um, every night throughout the night. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, till like so three, sorry. four, five in I'm the morning. I'm so sorry. And she was, I, I mean, she, I, she must have been. Was it like a drug taker, like a yes. heavy, yeah. heavy a drinker, ex. drinker, drunk, drug taker, coke. From, X, yeah, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we would, uh, we did everything to try to uh, mitigate the problem. We tried to talk to her like a human being. Then we tried to yell at her. We pounded on her door. We called the cops on her uh, probably 40 times. We involved the building. They wouldn't do anything. The cops wouldn't do anything because then they would, the cops would come and knock on her door and she wouldn't open, which I didn't know that was a thing you could do. But I guess. And and if it's just a noise complaint, you can just not answer your door. And I'm shocked. I did not know this. Yeah. So um, anyway, we we just gave up. Well, and then we moved. Well, what the hell that must have been during? We moved out of our bedroom and into our living room for the, the the pandemic. Were you okay though? Did that do it? Um, no, sometimes you could still hear it. Yeah, you're you're triggering me because yeah. this is. I've lived in New York a long time, yeah. and this is like the biggest hell. This is the biggest. I've I have this PTSD yeah. also yeah. from my years in New York. Yeah. It's horrible. So anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is that we moved, and it happened to be during my spring break that we moved. So it worked out well because I could just and we moved in the building. Oh, good to a new place, and um, I realized that I needed. Uh, some entertainment while I was packing and moving and I there was this Revolutions podcast um, and it's like a thousand episodes long and the guy does like the French Revolution the American Revolution the Mexican Revolution every revolution you can think of and he's funny and a uh, great storyteller and so I just put on my headphones and moved and listened to the Mexican yeah, Revolution. You, you're totally sold me now because I'm really curious about like the, they go into the Russian the Stalin thing or yeah. whatever. I don't know anything about that, and yeah. I really am curious. I it's the I he's still do, doing the Russian Revolution and he's on like episode ninety four. Um, wow! It's so it's the kind of thing if you're into it, there's a lot of it. Oh man! You know, okay. If yeah. you're not into it, there's still a lot of it. No, no, I'm checking that out because I was thinking about reading uh, that Solzhenitsyn book mm-hmm. our, our, about the Gulag. Yeah, have yeah. you read it? I haven't. I I think that's a ve- that's got to be such a powerful. I audiobook, so yeah, know, yeah. Whatever. So I wanted to ask you. I was joking in the monologue that because I'm I'm a facebook friends with you and then i'll look and i'll get these suggestions of like do you want to be friends with uh jason sudeikis and i'm like why how is jason sudeikis recommended to me and then i say oh who's my mutual friend and it's dr lisa really i don't know if it's jason sudeikis no not jason sudeikis who really i mean i don't really know these people do i i don't know i don't know like i mean thanks really in part to to cambrian 
Christian because uh-huh. when I started getting involved in ca- comedy, I, I have Cambry to thank. Yeah. Ochi's Lounge, comics, it's a whole long story. But um, I mean, I I know like Dave Hill. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of. He's Todd he's Barry. Certain, I know Todd. My first. I hosted this show, my friend Holly, for for Waggy Tail, the 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 uh, uh, dog rescue, and I hosted uh-huh. the show. And the com- first time I ever did anything having to do with comedy, and uh, Todd Barry was it was like in you know some bar basement. Yeah, Todd Barry, Dave Hill, um, Ted Leo, uh-huh. uh, Liam. Liam McEnany, uh Seth Herzog, they were all the mm-hmm. comedians. Nice. And I like Yeah, I mean, I've met I uh, yeah, I don't not like but John Mulaney? Uh, John Mulaney, I I've met him. I mean, I've talked I remember, you know, I I'm like talked to him on Yeah, I mean, I knew that I've known a you know, and I've known a lot of people casually before they became famous. Mm-hmm. I can say that. Yeah. I can say that like Aziz Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Eugene Merman, he's been on my, you know, Amy Schumer. I knew her before she was famous. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, being a comedian is really, really hard. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It takes a long time. It does. Yeah. And I respect these people a lot. I can't, uh, I couldn't do it. I realized from doing two of them, you know, I started doing comedy during the pandemic. Yeah. And I was doing two up at Mike's a week, which I'm still trying to do, but I'm really busy with art right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it really demystified it. After all these years, I finally got demystified about comedy because I realized the thing that's the worst about co- becoming a comedian, and there's no way that anyone can avoid it. There are years where at least I'm sure... Fifty percent of the shows that you're doing are for ten people or less. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, and then you travel to New Jersey to do that. Yeah, like yeah, and you, you, sp- you and you spend five hours of of uh, work for getting on the stage for five minutes, ten minutes. Yeah, because then the worst part for me, and I think I've told you this, but was sitting there and listening to other comedians acts over and over and yeah. over again because you don't want to leave yeah i mean you want to leave but you can't leave because then you seem like you're a, a douche a douche and so you have to sit there and, and hear the same jokes uh you know over and over and over again um i couldn't do it and also i couldn't do the thing you know a lot of comedians that i hung around with they would just do their same yeah five minutes and they would just be like i'm just working on it i'm i'm trying to make it better i couldn't do the same uh five i yeah. couldn't do the same jokes over and over again yeah i'm a little like that too so you know what i found out is that i'm actually really happy doing open mics and i'm somebody uh-huh. who likes doing open mics and yeah. doesn't want i don't even i don't want to do anything in comedy like i don't want to that's like I'm happy doing that. Yeah. I also felt like I didn't like myself. <laughs> I didn't like the person who got on stage. Really? That's yeah. so interesting. What do you mean by that? Um, like the 
the projected extroverted version of myself that I would I would um, put forth when I stood up on stage didn't feel like me, and I didn't know how to, you know, when I'm on the radio, I feel yeah like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's no real mm-hmm. separation, but standing up on uh, in front of a, of an audience trying to do stand up comedy and make people laugh, it felt. Like some kind of artificial, and and probably if I would have kept doing it, I would have yeah. had a breakthrough. And yeah, yeah, I think you know. you're right. I think you're right. I think about that too because it is really artificial. Yeah, and uh, I do think that you, you know, I've been thinking about like calling it out or whatever. Yeah. But it is, and I, I do think, I do think that, you know, t- doing comedy for ten years, I think, you know. Yeah, you may yeah. get through it, but you got to be, you got to, you have to be really driven or not capable of holding down a job or doing anything mm-hmm. else and happy sleeping on your friend's yeah. couch yeah. every night. And I'm not that no, person at all. You need to do that uh, in your 20s. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it in then. Yeah. I don't yeah. like going out late at night. I yeah. never did. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I wonder whether if I would have uh, come to New York and gotten involved in with UCB when I was like when UCB was just kind of starting if I would have come in my 20s whether what that trajectory because I came in uh 2013 I moved to New York um after living in in Asheville North Carolina and doing music and then I gave up on music I I literally got rid of all my musical instruments. I was so bitter about trying to do music. I I gave my guitar to this person, keyboard to this person, just gave it all away. I moved to New York with the plan of taking classes at UCB and uh, working, cooking in restaurants. And um, And I did it. I went through the whole UCB thing, and I was doing stand-up, and working my ass off in the kitchen and um <laughs> and I was just too old to to do it what you know the whole thing about comedy actually I've taken runs at being a comic a bunch of times and right now the atmosphere is really good because it they've got it's not it it's for the first time it's not there's like a it's not all broy. It's yeah. there's a whole scene that's not broy, but it's been really. It was really broy in those days. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? Am I right about that? In 2013, probably. Yeah. Well, um, well, what was your vibe with the with community? UCB. Yeah. See, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing for me. What's the vibe with the community? Well, with UCB, I was like the. I felt like an the old dude because I was. In my mid thirties, or but but did you feel like you could be like? Did you relate to them? Are you were you too emo? Were you too emo for the UCB guys? That's what I'm wondering. Well, I mean, it was the people in my classes. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't get to the point where I was hanging out with the actual UCB performers. Uh-huh. But what about the people in your classes? They were just young people who were trying to figure out who they were. Who they were. Did you really enjoy it? Did you feel like? Did you feel like 
you could do this? Do you look forward to doing it? Because yeah. I took some yeah. UCB shit too, and I, yeah. I don't think I relate. I'm not an improv person. Yeah, I really liked improv. And you were really part, like that was like you were you felt like you were good at it and all that. I felt like I could get good at it, and I really wanted to be really good at it. Okay. Um, yeah, because you could write sketches. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but then but then uh, at, at a point. I had to, I kind of stopped. Well, you know, it kind of goes along with like my, my philosophy and, you know, kids, I'm in my sixties now. Okay. And like, the thing is, is this is what I've always said to every young creative person and how I, what I ascribe to is get a job, Mm -hmm. make sure like get your way of earning a living under control first. Yeah. Because I see a lot of creative people now who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and they never figured that out. Yeah. And life is not pretty, yeah. and they never, like, made enough money. Well, they you never don't made wanna, it. Well, for me, uh, when I was doing music, I didn't want to get uh, a real job because I felt like I, I would not be ready when the phone rang and somebody... Uh, needed me to uh, play on their album or to go on tour. So I delivered pizzas for seven years. Yeah. Um, because I felt like it was a betrayal. And I knew that I wanted, uh, that I would be a, a teacher. Like that would be the, but I felt like if you do the plan B, then you're, then you're giving up. And I think that's why a lot of people wouldn't take the advice that you're giving because it's like, it seems like putting your tail between your legs. Not at all, not at all, because I think, um, you know, this is my philosophy, and I think I might have said this on your show before, but like your art is your children, whatever your mm-hmm. your creative passion is, and you've got to feed them and house them, and you're, you're not going to have time to work on your creative, you know, interests, uh, pursuit, if you're not if you are not, if you, if you are worrying about money all the time, I'm sorry, worrying mm-hmm. about money is a big fucking deal. Get that under control. Make us, this was what I said when I graduated college with an art degree. I want to make as much money as I can in the shortest amount of time. And I got a job eventually as mm-hmm. an art director in advertising. Mm-hmm. And, uh, i I have an apartment now that I rent, a little mm-hmm. apartment, and I get some income from that. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Some but people, were you able to do your art during that, that time when you were um, in uh, trying to make as much money as you? Yeah, well, it was really hard. I mean, I was under, like, enormous amount of pressure, you know, 50 hours a week minimum and, you know, a lot, you know, all sorts of yeah shenanigans. Um, but I did make, I used my office in advertising as my studio and I would go Mm -hmm. there, I would stay late to like, I'd work from like six to eight at night in my office. And then I would go there on the weekends a lot and use the studio there. But, uh, in the last 10 years where I haven't been in an office, I've made huge strides, which I wouldn't have, of course. I mean, for me, you know, I did the plan B plan B, you know, and now I'm a teacher and I'm uh, 
this I'm finishing my sixth year as as a teacher, um, and I love it. But during the during the school year, um, aside from this radio show, and this this is like the the outlet that I have during the the school year, I can't I can't do anything. Yeah, I can't. I can, yeah, you know? I can. I I I I yeah. I couldn't, you know, uh, so on my breaks, I'm writing a book, but I can't, uh, there's yeah, no way that I, there's no way that I could keep, I, I've thought, oh, m- maybe I could get up early or work on the weekends on, on my book, but I can't. It's, well, see, it's like, one or the other. The work that I made, the artwork that I made was work that, and I know what you mean, because that's like making a painting you, where you have to be in it and stay in it. it. And uh, the work that the artwork that I went up making was like basically putting type onto objects. Uh-huh. So it was like one liners just after another, one after yeah, another, yeah. where you don't have to like, you know, you can move in and out really quickly without getting in the headspace. But I'm curious to know from you, like. I mean, your your philosophy as a young person was like the exact opposite of mine. And um, are you glad that you went down that road? Are you glad that you at least had that experience? I mean, my life was boring. I want to be honest. I did what I did because I truly thought that I was, um, and I don't know, why I thought this, but I thought that I was going to be a, a superstar musician. I thought that I was going to be on the Grammys in at any, uh, you know, at any moment. Mm. Um, I had a kind of uh, confidence um, in in my work and my ability that I felt like it was only a matter of time before I skyrocketed Um, i love that yeah but it but you know and and it but it never i was wrong so but you learned but here's the thing you had the experience of learning that what it took like Mm -hmm. you had like you young people you guys think like you're gonna go to like an open you're chris rock you're gonna go to an open mic three times somebody's gonna see you you're gonna be on uh you know, you're going to be hosting Saturday Night Live in, in, a, in yeah. three years, three years, beginning comics. <laughs> and and um, there's a lot of life lessons if you start there, but there's a lot of value in learning what it takes. And like all the uh, process that you go through, like you, John, in yeah. doing that brought you to where you are now, which is yeah. a great place. You've got a, I know you, like, I know you've got a great, wife Mm -hmm. and a great you know you got a nice job you've Mm -hmm. got a great radio show you know your radio show is like the top radio show it's very very often top of the leaderboards regularly Mm -hmm. so you know what i'm saying like but you learned yeah through experience what it takes to get and writing a novel you would never be able to write a novel if you hadn't go through what you've gone through right yeah uh to all true um but then at the same time um during those that almost decade when I was pursuing music, most of that time I was working at Pizza Cabin delivering pizzas. So what was your state of mind? Were you were you miserable? Did you think you were going to make it? Did you enjoy the music that you were doing? Was yeah, your life, I mean, 
Well, like, how did your life look? I mean, like, do you think it was like I'm saying I yeah. would I was afraid to do that. But I think people who take the path you take, who are much braver than me, um, wind up with a life experience yeah. that's incredibly valuable. I mean, it was a mix. Uh, I'm really proud of the music that I made. I made multiple albums. Um, I'm proud that I tried to live my dream, but also uh, I hung out in, in a pretty small town, ate like crap, drank too much, and was pretty miserable for a lot of I was pretty mm. miserable for a lot of the time especially as as time wore on mm. and that's why uh, I eventually was so bitter about mm. it that I was just like music is becoming this this dream of doing music is becoming a poison mm. to me and mm. that's why I gave everything away and I was like I need to do something else I went back to school I tried to figure out what the next chapter mm-hmm. was going to be, and and I eventually moved to New York. How was, old were you uh, when you get when you gave your shit away? Thirty three. Oh, that's about right. I mean, that's young. That's young. That's like a good age because uh, you had the real experience. Yeah, you really did it, and then also you could look into the future before. You got to the future. Yeah, you were practical. So that, yeah. that that that's that's a great. I mean, that's an, yeah. But I still wasn't totally practical because I moved to New York and planned on being a, a chef or and or an improv uh, comedian, which neither of those were very practical. It wasn't until like thirty five. It wasn't until I met my now wife that I was like, all right, it's time to teach. It's time to like yeah. So it all happened when you were ready in yeah. good time, but yeah. you didn't. But like the thing about what you're talking about that's so great is that you you went full bore at it, I believe. Yeah, and like so you hundred percent. Yeah, so no. you like you let's say got it out of your system. There's I, no I regrets really there. Yeah. Now, no? now there's no regrets. Now there are no regrets. There, there were, yeah, there yeah. were a lot of regrets. Uh huh. Especially as I made the transition into kind of the adult world, and you know, and paid off my credit card debt, and like, you know, got a, an actual bed and wasn't like sleeping on mm. a mattress and stuff like that. Mm. You know, mm. and pu- pulled things together. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was like, "What have I been doing?" You know, it's only but but once I found something, then I was like, "All right." But you came to the realization, which a lot of people don't. Yeah, and see, this is the thing: you can go my route, the boring route, <laughs> uh, and uh, and like you don't have to go through that. But like the thing, what you did, John, the thing that is. The beauty of what you did is that you were you had what the wherewithal to make to really do it full full bore, mm-hmm. but then you were also you also had the inner insight, resources, strength, whatever to get out of it and move on and turn your life into a whole other story when you were ready and you were capable of doing that, but. 
I'm not sure everyone is equipped for that. And that's the thing. You have to be equipped for that. And that's that's my worry as a mother, as a mother yeah. of nobody. <laughs> I'm a stepmother of a great guy, but that's yeah. it. Speaking of moving on, we got to move on, Dr. Lisa. Let's. I'll come on. I'll come on. Dr. Lisa gives a shit this this uh, uh, summer, and we'll yes. talk more about yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, thank you, Dr. Lisa. Um, we're up next is Crime Talk BK. If you're listening to this on your phone, you can download the app. For, uh, or listening on your computer, download the phone for your app and your app for your phone, and uh, click the donate button if you enjoy what you've heard and you can sign up for the newsletter and next week i think we have tom demena on the show and we're going to uh, close out with uh ray charles careless love I was re-watching uh white men can't jump and i was like i like this song um and off modern sounds and country and western music ray charles careless love thanks again again dr lisa Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. I want to have you on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit every Thursday, 2 to 3. Bye, guys. But I'm so glad, so glad I see that that old love has made a fool of me. Well, you know what? Big fool, I have been. Let me say what a big fool I have been. Let me say what a what a big fool. That I have been But I'd be I'd be one All over again Well, you know If I can Like a morning dove Well, if I could mm-hmm, Like a morning dove Well, if I could moan If I could moan Like a morning dove You know I'd moan for every one in love That's why I say love Oh, oh, oh love Careless love